Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, chat for Christ's sake. I was watching the Boston Celtics game. I almost missed the intro. <laughs> how, how was that game? Going? I don't know if I should turn it off or not. Well, it's the only time I've ever voted, wrote, rooted for the Boston Celtics. That's the truth. Okay. Yeah. Then, then why aren't you watching? Why wouldn't you just leave it on in the background? I have it up, but I, was, I forgot the cue because I was so mesmerized by ah. uh, Jason Tatum's jump shot just now. Basketball is, basketball is a religion for me, Chuck. If so, so, you know, I know a lot of people, Christian and Jewish and, and Islamic and Muslim and, and Hindu and all the religions. I'm NBA. I'm National Basketball Association. That's my religion. It's like okay. a soap opera, yeah. <laughs> it's like the WWE, it is. Do you know the WWE <laughs> used to be called the WWF? That's why I always call it the WWF, and people go, oh, no, it's WWE, all the younger people. It used right. to be called the WWF. There's some right. sort of whole history that doesn't make fucking sense to me. But The whatever. World Wildlife Fund owed owned WWF before the World Wrestling Federation did. Is that why they had to change it? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're a wrestling aficionado. Well, let's test your skills, Chuck. No, I was a World Wildlife Fund aficionado back when I was a PETA You're guy. You're kidding. A when I was a hippie vegan. guy? You were a hippie yeah. vegan junkie? Hippie vegan junkie? God. Wow. I kind of went through everything <laughs> once. <laughs> is, that the is that the church of Don Bowles? Is that what that church is? A that vegan junkie? That was, that was just a strange time when I forgot how delicious animals are. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Well, I found out. I found out that. So I became, yeah, this is in 1999. I became like. Almost a vegan, I call it. I was not going all the way because I love sugar too much, but I really went hippie like that. I think people, you know, when you're sober, you go through a lot of changes, don't you guys? You go through a lot of fucking changes. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to try. And well, there's a lot of time on your hands is what I figure. We spend so much time getting drugs and getting money for drugs and doing drugs and being high on drugs and lying about drugs and hiding about drugs and Drugs, 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 drugs. But once hmm. you get off of drugs, <laughs> once you get off of drugs, there's all this fucking time to think about becoming a vegan, right? And there's, yeah, there's all these things and there's all this stuff. And I, I, I think I told you guys I had a guy leave treatment because the bananas were not organic and he was supposedly shooting dope with toilet water two days before. <laughs> you know, so it, it doesn't take long for people to go from. Uh, junkies are so smart. They they're they're, they're so that, ridiculous. They use Avion. Come on, let's be fair. Like, it's. Yeah. The toilet yeah. water thing. Toilet water is like that's the, that your skirt's showing, Chuck. Your age is showing that nobody's using toilet water anymore. Well, you never done water. That? No, but wait, of course, but you don't have to anymore because they invented this idea that we all have to walk around with a water bottle. But oh. here's the interesting thing: God, they spit their saliva into the water bottle, and then they use that. So because so, spitting in the spoon—that's old. That 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 
I, th- I just think you guys are too Santa Ana sometimes. I- I'm like, both. I'm like, even though well, you just Shots like, fired. You're, you're too like toilet water, junky, old, disconnected. <laughs> like like I'm, 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 I'm of the present day. The first time I saw kids. Fucking Santa Ana is so, so cool. Man. <laughs> so let, me, let me tell you something. The first time I saw this kid, this is like 10 years ago, right when I met you, Chuck. This kid at the Beechwood house, um, I, he, he had had Oxycontins and, and they, they had the time release, right? And I'm this big, arrogant drug counselor. I'm going, you know, it's got time release, so there's nothing you can fucking do. And he goes, there sure is. He just put the pill on tinfoil, Mike, in front of me right. and burn the fucking time release off. And then, and then, then yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, these kids know way more than us. So when we say toilet water, they really, they just tune out because nobody's using toilet water, but they, what they are using at aloe or the kids I've known is the water bottle that they drink out of and their boyfriend or girlfriend drink out of it. So there's all the disease from their mouth inside the spoon. But once again, that's why we cook it so that we can cook the things out of it that are not good, but no, these kids it's don't. It's to mix it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's not, not to make it healthy. <laughs> I always think it's to make it healthy. I, I just realized. I just realized that that's what's wrong with the young junkies. They're shooting up with purified water. What in the <laughs> hell? They They've They're got alkaline water. water. They're shooting up with alkaline doing water, it all which wrong. we don't know whether you're supposed to have alkaline shot directly to your heart. We don't no. know whether that's good. Fucking, we don't know whether that Evian is good to shoot up with. Or the charcoal water. I wonder if anybody's used charcoal water. They have black water, Mike. I'm sure. What? I'm sure you're unaware of this. Chuck, you're unaware of black water? (laughs) Yeah. It is $5.99. And it's black water. It's called charcoal water. Tastes like water. It's just five dollars and ninety nine cents, but it's <laughs> is black. It is this black? Huh? Yeah, it's black. Black is water. It? So I saw in the store where there was gluten free water. That kind of tripped me out. You know how I know this? You know what that <laughs> because... is too? Do you know what the gluten free water is? It's not produced in some sort of plastic factory or something like that. I'm sure. I but here, how I know all this is <laughs> in Malibu. If you don't like Subway, which um, but my kids don't like Subway anymore um so if you don't like subway and it's after eight o'clock the only place you can get food is at the super expensive only for malibu people supermarket that's on trancus and pch mm-hmm. so we were out there a couple a week ago and elvis and i had to go to get food and this market has like pizza that's like 59 dollars you know, like they, mm. you know, like it must be just, really good. <laughs> no, there's just nothing else unless you want to drive to Ventura or or uh, whatever that other Gora Hills. You ain't getting any food where we live. So, so, <laughs> so we're sitting there, and Elvis wanted water, and we came to the water aisle. And it was like mind boggling. <laughs> it's like two, it's both in Malibu. This is like an eight aisle supermarket, like hippies, you know, rich people supermarket. I forget what it's called, but it's like eight aisles. <laughs> both sides of one aisle are just water. And that's where I saw the black water. Is it black cold water. or warm? It's, it's t- room temperature, room temperature. So, so it's not even ready to drink water. 
<laughs> well, when you're desperate, when it's eight o'clock at night in Point Dune, Malibu, you'll drink lukewarm water, Chuck. You'll you'll need oh, to yeah. hydrate. <laughs> I, I, not me. Not me. Warm water? No way. <laughs> so I, you know, and I, I get by, should put I out get water. By pretty, I get by pretty good, but I wonder about the people that work at Aloe that are just coming up and they're like 26 and they're still going to school and they're making $21 an hour. How the fuck do they eat out there? There's like literally a slice of pizza at this place is $10.99. I'm not joking. A slice. You, you really don't know that they eat all the clients' food? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so so Come rehab's got to start getting into the water business, right? Yeah, like in yeah, the rehab, yeah. just have your own rehab, like you know, wavelengths water or aloe water, and you'd have your special water. You the needle, have, the needle you don't have to keep it cold. You, the needle exchange gives you a little, t- little tiny bottle of water. Why is that to, to shoot up with? To shoot up with, yeah, purified water. You have to. Have, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, Chuck. Here's the thing. My our friend, our great friend, who I know is is uh, is in doing really well now, so I can say his name. His name is Bernie. I'm not gonna say his last name, but he was larger than life kind of crazy drug guy in Hollywood, and he never shot up. And I would go to his house, and I would just think like, what the hell is wrong with Bernie? What the hell is wrong with him? So he would put Chucky Fallen. He would put yeah. the dope in a spoon with water. And then just move it around and move it around until it all dissolved, not cooking it really, just move the tar around in the water till it was all just evenly dispersed. He would suck it up into a dropper, like an eyedropper, and then lean his head back and shoot it, shoot it into his nose. And he would get huh. just as wasted as us. Really? Right. I, was I, he afraid? I, I think I know who you're talking about. Was he afraid of the needle? I don't know if he'd had a bad experience. I think, you know, when you, when you think back, me and Anthony have been doing a lot of thinking back because we're trying to do this TV show about the early 80s. And, and when you think back of all the strange, quirky characters there were, right? I remember Eric we were talking about, right? Eric's hand was so big that a, that a syringe looked like a tiny little baby thing in his hands, right? And he would just, he wouldn't even tie off. He would just jam it into his arm right at the at the elbow and just fucking plunge it in. I just, yeah. I would watch him shoot speed. He wouldn't, you know, he just like a, like a harpoon Chuck with for a, for a whale, <laughs> just put his arm out and just jab it into his arm and then push the plunger. And if he hit blood, he hit blood. If he didn't, oh, well, so, so be it. So just a <laughs> bunch of IM stuff. He's just going into the muscle. Yeah. He had tattoos covering it. That was another interesting thing that came up. So a lot of people tattooed their arms there because 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 uh, police would look at your arms for track mm-hmm. lines. If it was tattooed, they couldn't see it, right? Right. You know that they had they were putting purple dye in that dope that I was getting downtown, and, and it would tattoo you, yeah, 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 yeah. Surveilling people who were who were getting it. And then when they picked you up, they saw that you had these little uh, tattoos on your vein, and uh, they could tell whether you were a junkie or not. And they were supplying the purple dope. Why? Purple, why, the cops are. why are the kids? Because so many of them that are young are coming in, and their veins are like shot out already, and they're they're children, and and because now they're smoking fentanyl anyhow. But we send them to go get blood drawn, and well, they can't I, find veins on them. Why are they blowing well, out so quick? 
my experience has been, I was never very good at it. In a pinch, I could do it myself. Towards the end, I would do it myself because I was alone. But, but there were, you know, real phlebotomists amongst the junkies that I ran with, right? So Halel Slovak was great. You put your arm out. He's perfect. He gets it. Maggie, Mike, Mike knows all these names. So Maggie, Max, my girlfriend was excellent. Anthony. So I never really had to suit up. I just hold my arm like this and put my arm out. And for a decade, I was a junkie and never knew how to shoot up. Cause there was always a good friend. There was always a good friend. Now, Mike, not so good. No, Mike, I was great. No, at but, it. I was actually yeah, robbing. But not, you're not good at doing it to other people because you were always so tweaked out on crap. No, because I, I was good at doing <laughs> other people. Actually. In fact, I was Robin. The reason I got a lot of free dope from Robin Crosby was because, um, uh, that I could shoot him up in the neck, you know, and he couldn't do it himself. <laughs> But when you were over at my house and I would ask you, you would get distracted. I, it always made me nervous. Your distractibility made me nervous. So you were not on my list of phlebotomists. Uh, well, it, was a, it was a short list. You were usually not buying anyway. So that's probably no, I, why you weren't getting the better service. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that explains a lot. You had to be that where the people with the money were. Yeah. So you didn't use yeah. alone a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Mike was, so here you go. I Mike was, was really good. To the stars. At, yeah, Mike was really good at shooting people up who had money. People that didn't, he was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Put your looks arm like out. You look like your you're on your own, pal. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot you up. You didn't buy me any dope. Oh yeah, I would only let someone else do it if I was really drunk. No, I, would, I always I had ask. somebody else do it. I had, It's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. I had lunch with a friend today, and um, we were talking about Smitty's old place, and he said, remember when Bob came down? And I said, no, I don't remember. So you know that house that I was talking about, that Smitty that was on the roof with the Yeah, sword? I was trying to kick dope there one time. It didn't go so well. No, probably not. But I didn't <laughs> think you had actually gotten down there and, and were- Yeah, I stayed in some, some closet for like a day and a half. That was the closet you climbed out on the roof. With, yeah, yeah. The window. Yeah, I just was, it was, you know, my, Chuck, when you've been to Hazleton and now you're at Mike and Smitty's rehab, it's just <laughs> really not the same. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck's going on here? No and they leave. They would leave and I would just be there and there. And I, you know, I was like, isn't somebody supposed to be here taking care of me? <laughs> With no support staff, it's no wonder no you support. failed. You needed some rad teas to, needed, <laughs> to order needed, around. I needed some I needed some attention and some love. And there was just like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go. You don't got a car, so you know, if you wanna leave, you can leave. <laughs> no money. If you wanna leave, you can leave. Like that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> Thanks, Smitty guys. And, Smitty and Mike's love house, right? <laughs> love and service. Love and service. They put me in a closet and didn't give me anything. I think I had meth. I think I was doing meth to come off a of heroin. That was probably a good. Uh, that was probably a good yeah. component of it. Uh, so, anyways, it, it is a miracle that that people get sober that way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. A lot a lot of folks do. But you know, like I had a I had a guy come in this week who's an older guy and it's uh 
Yeah, drinking, drinking uh, um, two-fifths of vodka a day and smoking weed. And I love this guy. He's just done. He's just trashed his life for the last 20 years. I mean, drinking was fun before that, but he's just trashed everything. And he's just so compliant and polite. And whatever you ask him to do, he does. It's like, I don't even feel like I'm in rehab when I'm talking to him. I just had a glorious experience where I realized there are people doing what I used to do. And it gives me great relief that I don't have to do that. Or I, I don't do it anymore, really, honestly. But I do sometimes, but not like how I used to. And, and that is like helping a million people get into rehab and whatever and for free. Mm-hmm. And they don't have money. Like I, I do do it for friends, but it's hard, the onslaught. So, so I got this call on Friday from an old friend of mine. I didn't use, I didn't listen to the voicemail. So I was like, oh, I owe him a call back. And then something irritating happens on my phone. If I don't listen to a voicemail, there's a red dot near my phone app on my phone. And that irritates my OCD. And then I can't, I want to, I want to know generally what they talked about, but I don't want to hear the whole one minute and 38 second voicemail. So, so yesterday I finally listened to the voicemail and it wasn't about like saying hello or fun stuff or whatever. It was about his friend of his needed to go to rehab. So I felt ashamed and I felt bad. So I immediately called him back yesterday. Then I said, I'll call the guy tomorrow. I called them this morning. In that time from Friday, from, uh, from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, yesterday, Music Cares approved this guy to get treatment. He's going to Gooden House on Monday. And guess who was in charge of it? Like the old Bobby Forrest of the map days in 2000 or 1998, Mike Coulter. I was so proud of Mike. I was like, he's a therapist now. I didn't even know. And I texted him like, dude, I'm thinking of you like, it's the craziest thing. And I have been replaced Chuck by Mike Coulter, which is great. I hand off (laughs) to Mike Coulter. He needs to answer the phone for 10 years straight. But it was amazing that it's somebody that, that, um, yeah, he's way, he's way younger than us, Mike, right? He's like 10 years younger than us. 10 years younger, but, uh, yeah. he, but he had a great band on Interscope. We were all oh, on Interscope together so called Lifter. Good. I mean, they yeah. were a little bit kind of stare at your pedals rock, but um, they were super good songwriters. But the lyrics were so good. The, the album, what's the name of the album? I was trying to tell somebody. It's it's M- Melissa and everything was horrible or something. Wasn't something that the like, album? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was remember. such a great album. And it's a, an entire album, Chuck, about um you broke up with you broke up with a girl, and now you think that she's your soulmate. The whole album is about oh. that. <laughs> that you and know? she's marrying somebody else and like Oh my God. (laughs) Stuff to suicide by (laughs) having a down day, but can't quite pull the trigger. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was so, but to know that this guy that I was chasing around trying to help in 1996, 98, um, now is the guy that you call when Bob Forrest is such an asshole. He doesn't call you back. I love that. There's a no, new that's, guy. that's, dude, that's There's not what guy. it is, but, but see, but we do burn out. There's only so much we can do. Like, um, 
like you know with uh human i got a couple uh texts oh, from people oh, that were God. like you know thank you for everything you did for him you know he was super appreciative and all that stuff and i knew he was i knew human was because we talked about it right but it's cool to get that but it's also there's so many people other than him that he just hit at the right time where there was a bed where we could do it, where there where we weren't f- over full with scholarships. And it's heart wrenching for me when someone calls me and goes, Hey, can you do this? And I go, I can't because I can't always do it. You right, can't right, always just, just you find a always, bed. You know, you I, can't I always, don't know how I did it for so long, but let me tell you this about human. And for those that don't know, uh, Steve Fowler, the great, you know, founder of the Vandals, just the craziest, one of the most intellectual punk rockers I've ever known. One of the smartest um, people I've ever been yeah, smart. torn apart by. Just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Anyways. You know, that's uh, the reason is, is his parents never had TVs in his house when he was growing up. He had to read everything. They wouldn't well, have the TVs. He, uh, you got to have a certain baseline to be as smart as him. He was, he was like one of those people that, if he had gone a different route, not punk rock and start a band called the Vandals, but if he would have gone into science or, or, or aerospace or something, anyways, he ended up being in a union and he had really good union insurance and he kept coming to Aloe. And I was just like, you don't belong here, dude. This is crazy. You should go to like cry help or something. It's so weird. Like when you know what someone needs for treatment, and you're you provide this other version of treatment you know what i mean yeah everybody needs to be assessed and go to the treatment that they need and he would never go to cry help he's like what's the difference and i go the difference between malibu and cry help like night and day steve like fucking alpha and omega like you don't you've been here so many times same thing with hal mike hal had been to aloe like five times and I told him, like, when he called to want to go back and just detox, I was like, you shouldn't go to the same rehab over and over again, A, and you shouldn't go to the same type of rehab over and over again. So if you've gone to the foo-foo Malibu ones and you failed time and time again, you should go to more hardcore programs. Well, and it used to work like that because insurance would only let you go to an to an upper echelon like luxury Fowder, Fowder had some kind of great union insurance when i was we we scholarshiped him because he yeah i think i think he ran out or or he stopped he stopped being in the union probably yeah that's why it's a big ask most people that ask me are for people that have got medi-cal and and no insurance because i don't you know i don't run with a lot of people that that make a ton of money that was this kid that was the funny thing i was talking to uh his girlfriend about so he's a pretty successful musician, this kid that's coming in on Monday. And, uh, and I said, well, the, you know, because the, uh, Music Care is authorized 9000 I think they're going to be able to work it all out. But, but I said, well, you must have insurance because he's like in a pretty popular band or whatever. And uh, she goes, no, he has Medi-Cal. I go, fucking musicians, fucking yep. musicians, <laughs> even when you have money. No, yeah. you know what I mean. If if right. you're on the exchange, you know, in December, going to sign up for your insurance, and you've got the opportunity to pay zero and get medical, or pay like eighty four dollars and get Anthem PPO, they're always going to choose the zero. 
always. <laughs> I don't Fuck need you it. Musicians. I'm young. What do I need it for? <laughs> no, it's just no. the zero. I don't even think think they think that far in advance. Oh. Like, oh, oh, I could pay eighty or I could pay zero. I pay zero. Mm -hmm. Then I'll and get all I my prescriptions God, covered. A lot of these people that have Medi-Cal should have to pay something. Because they're just choosing it, even though they could choose to have a better insurance policy for $80 a month, because the state and the federal are going to subsidize you getting Anthem PPO for $86 a month. You're still going to get the subsidy and you're not taking the drain. You're not a homeless person. This Medi-Cal thing is ridiculous. It's for the bottom of the barrel, the, the bottom rung of the ladder. It's not for people that live in $5,000 a month apartments. I swear to God, do you understand? <laughs> no, I, no I I'm do. not fucking bullshitting. Oh, oh no! When I, I met when I met Chrissy, she's like in school, a master's program, and her parents are well to do, and she was teaching. She had medical because these kids, <laughs> it's fucking people, millennials. Why are they giving medical? Why are they giving medical to rich people's children yeah. who just don't want to pay eighty six dollars or one hundred eleven dollars a month? It's bullshit. It's fucking liberal bullshit. Dude, well, Medi-Cal Medi is for the bottom rung of the ladder. People that really can't get a, a leg up. People that are trying to get off the streets. People that are struggling to survive. Single moms with three children. Those, that's what Medi-Cal is for. It's not for fucking rich people's kids. Fuck yeah. you people that do that. <laughs> And then, then on top of that, when when someone who's their family's really well to do, but they know how to go down and get their EBT cards, <laughs> so that when mom and dad yes. give them right, money, is everybody listening, I know exactly what you're talking about. Explain it, Chuck, because because you got to explain it in a way that's simple. So these are like movie stars' <laughs> kids. That one kid I know is like a movie stars' kid. Movie stars' kids. Well-to-do people's kids, people that live in Chino Hills, people that live in doctors, Canyon, lawyers, doctors, lawyers, yeah. fucking children are down mm -hmm. getting that that bottom of the barrel EDT card, which gives yeah. you how much per month? Two hundred and sixty dollars yeah, a month. I, yeah, I think it's around <laughs> three hundred, and you can so buy your energy drinks with them. You can buy <laughs> your all the shit food you want from Seven Eleven. But so that way, they call mom and dad and go. Oh, the food here sucks. Can you send me some money? And then they have money to spend on sunglasses and <laughs> shoes and because they're eating our food. You know, you know, anybody who's an Uber, Brentwood, Santa Monica person is just hating us right now because we're exposing a truth. We deal with the people that are on EDT cards. EB. Half of them, EBT, half of them do not deserve it. Um, more, I would think more than that, because first of all, it should be off the table because they are housed and they're having food provided. So it's fraudulent at the very least. But no one checks out any of that. They, but it, and and, and you, when you talk like this, like we need to tighten this shit up. We need to just one simple law. Rich people's kids can't be on Medi-Cal. <laughs> How about that? Just I, I want a law that says that rich people's kids can't be on Medi-Cal and a box, yes or no, on the next election. What are we going to call it? The fuck rich people's kids being free medical. FRP. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, what I'm just talking FRP, about, right? Just, yeah, oh, I, I see it 
uh, way too often. And the thing is, is that they're totally missing the shame. There's no shame in it at all because it's it's government and it's free money. And well, people will do parents. That's how their parents think. Like, yeah, you know, they're adults. They're adults. Like, dude. They're not adults. You did a bad job of raising them. They, they have no <laughs> life skills whatsoever. To call your kid an adult is an insult to adulthood. <laughs> Dude, right? I, was, so. I, was, I was watching a comedy thing last night. It was, it was uh, who's that skinny, tall guy? Pete Davidson. And he has his friends on. And there's this one dude comes out and he goes, who here is under 25? If you're under 25, just fuck you. Just fuck you. He goes, really? Gen Z. What's that? He was a comedian. It, yeah, it was a black dude that was on Pete Davidson's show. And he goes, you guys, just forget it. He goes, I thought us millennials were bad, but you guys, oh, and he went on a rant against Gen Zers. So the millennials are already turning on Gen Z. Well, that's they're seeing, they're growing up. Does. That's the, I, that's I, the way it know, goes. I'm kind of moving off whether it's this generation or that generation. It's America. America is so sick in every way, everywhere I look. The only time I... You know, it's just like, here's an interesting thing. My 88-year-old landlord, the leading authority about James Joyce in the world, just had COVID, was on a ventilator, was given last rites. I just saw him in my yard. He's alive. He got out of the hospital. He's very weak. He's, he's getting back on track, right? If an 88-year-old frail man is not dying of COVID, no one is. So let's stop talking about it. Let's just stop talking about COVID. It's, it's going to be with us. People are going to get it. He, like it, The idea that we have to focus on COVID instead of all the other problems that we have, drug addiction, mental health, depression, anxiety. Fraud. These are the things that need to replace <laughs> the COVID conversation. But 100%. it won't. But no, it my, won't. Folks, my folks just had it this last week and they're almost through it. And they're, they're in their 80s. And, you know, they're not in the best of health. And, you know, it's just like they're doing great. And it's like, you're exactly right. But, like, we found out that we don't have to test when we come back from uh, Europe. Right. Because it's it's not required anymore. And I I was afraid that what would happen is that I'd get a faulty test or get exposed and not be really sick and then be stuck somewhere and have to eat my ticket and all that. I'm so glad that went away. But let's start talking about really serious things. Like 75% of elementary school children report feeling some sort of anxiety. What are they anxious about is the first question I would ask. What follow-up question. So what, what makes you feel nervous or anxious or and they actually, the fact that eight-year-olds know the word anxious is concerning to me to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Why are we using those kinds of language why do children know that kind of language, right? When I was little, there was only nervous, not anxious. Nervous, nervous. You, you got nervous right? before something. And so, so I see it in Sydney. I see this nervousness, right? Especially in crowds. She gets, she gets like, is something bad going to happen? She says that. Because it trickles down <sighs> our, how sick our society is. Is something bad going to happen? And I was like, no, nothing bad's going to happen. Not when that, I'm that whole transition from home to kindergarten and stuff like that has been, it, that's age old. I mean, I was, I cried when I went to kindergarten the first time. I didn't want to leave mom, you know. They just drop you off and go, hey, deal with it, you know. Yeah, I, uh, but today <laughs> you'd be like an anxious five-year-old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anxious, that's what I got. I got 
like if something, if a loud noise, well, ha- they know about this shit that's going on in the world. And let's face it, we didn't. So my my thing is, things were going on. Sydney asked me, what was the scariest thing that happened when I was a little kid? And I said, and I have this childhood recollection, the day that Martin Luther King was killed, I was at school. I was at St. Francis Cabrini on the corner of Imperial and Western. And they started you know, people were really upset and they had the right to be. And they started turning over cars and, and being out in the streets. And, and it was kind of scary. And they started burning some buildings and looting stuff. So they took us all in the school down in the basement of the church, but it had windows. And I remember you could stand up on the pew and look out the window. And I remember seeing smoke towards my house. I knew which direction my house was. And we all had to wait there until our parents came. And then my dad, I think, came and got me. And we had to navigate our way to our house in Inglewood, right? And I remember driving and people were in the streets and whatever. That's like, that that was the most traumatizing thing. I wasn't anxious it was going to happen again. I was explaining like, yeah, people are really upset that, you know, Martin Luther King was murdered. And you know, we didn't protect, they didn't protect me from knowing that Martin Luther King was murdered. And my mom was kind of a uber liberal. And she kind of said, you know, they have the right to be upset. Right. Which my mm-hmm. dad was the opposite of that. He didn't like he, them he, being upset. He thought they should be happy. <laughs> what? I know. They should, they should stay out of the street and not burn buildings out. So, uh, yeah. How do you express your outrage and, um, but that was scary for me. But I never remember worrying that it's going to happen again. For some reason now, we live in a world that is preaching fear to our children and to ourselves and to each other. And so that we anticipate the next bad thing. Mm-hmm. I do it. I know. Like these school shootings, there hasn't been one for like nine days. There's going to be another one pretty soon. How awful a thought is that? How fucking right. awful is that? They're killing cops like crazy. They killed two in El Monte the other day. They shot a CHP officer in, in Studio City. They're just like, it's like green light on cops. Like these kids, these this generation of criminals and law evaders or whatever you want to call them, the car chase guys, they, they have no conscience. They're not scared of the death penalty. Let's face it. Well, They're not scared of a capital, catching a capital case. The guys I knew in the 80s were scared of a capital case. They didn't want to kill a cop. They were scared of get, catching a capital case is what they called it, right? This generation, yeah. this millennial Gen X or, or millennial or, or uh, Gen Zers, th- those kids don't give a fuck. They don't even know what a capital case is, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know yeah. what I mean? So our laws are not deterrents. They're fucking killing cops, Right. Yeah. Have you seen it in the news? Like it's yeah, crazy. I, I, I don't get it because that's one of those things that, that even used to be a, a line in movies all the time. You're not going to kill a cop. What are you going to do? You know, and bad guys would like run, you know, because right, that's, right, that's, just, right, that's just right. what happened. That's the way it went down. But, you know, we've seen that slow deterioration of I think it's a lack of fear, not a lack of respect, because I don't know if there ever was respect, but the, the fear and that you can be a hero if you take a cop out to a lot of people. You it's know, awful. And, it's awful. And that's, and that's society, as good as it's going to get. Our society is just 
breaking down. So from what I report, reports I read, also there's not a lot of media attention, which is weird. There's a lot about the, you know, the cops ride on the freeway and have mass flags, but there's not a lot of facts about what happened. So what they, they were reporting to a hotel room where it was reported that somebody had a knife. And so I'm thinking they probably let their guard down. Like they're thinking, oh, it's a guy with a knife and they walk in and they just got shot. It was not a guy with a knife. It was a guy with a gun. Right. Is that crazy or what? That happened like four miles from my house. It's fucking crazy. This doesn't happen like in Texas where you would think it would happen. <laughs> this happened four miles from my house. You know what I mean? And I was driving back from Universal Studios, of all things, with Elvis and Sydney, because school's out for summer. School's been blown to pieces. And when I sang that to Sid, I played it in the car and sang it, she goes, are they going to blow the school up? She's five years old. I'm like, Sid, it's Alice Cooper. It's a line in a song. Don't take everything so literally. Right. But so we were driving back from Universal and I saw three cop cars full on lights on the, on the 210 going East El Monte, right near this, right near 605. Then a couple more, then a couple more. Then they started recognizing all the cop cars heading west on the 210 freeway. And it was to go to that shooting. That, 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 that was just the other day. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Right. And, uh, and it's just crazy to me. So, 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 so I'm hoping have... that we can stop talking about COVID completely as a government, as a people, you know, enough with Fauci. Like what, is this COVID, what is this COVID you're talking about? I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a disease that, that uh, affected only old people and, oh. uh, and, and uh, people that had comorbidities, it's called. So anyways, uh, so, so, so the craziest statistic of all. 93% of the COVID deaths in America, of the million people, million one, million 50,000 that have died of COVID, 93% were over 55. Now, that does that include you, Chuck? Are you 55 yet? No. I'm 54. 54. So there's no chance. There's nine and a half, <laughs> you know, nine and a half out of 10, you're not going to die of COVID. Yet, think about all the fucking bullshit you had to go through over COVID. Just think about it. 93% of the deaths are 55 and over. 93%. So, yeah, so and 7% we shut, were We what? shut down our schools. We fucking made everyone like all worry and hand ring and made anxiety and depression go through the roof in our young people. Like for what? 93% of the people that died were over 55. People over 55 wear a mask and get a fucking vaccination. That should have been yeah. the message from the start. Instead, it got politicized and bullshit. So, yeah, 7% of the deaths were, were um, 25 to 55. Then get this, 25 and under, you're going to love this. 0.2%. So uh. every little story you heard about the little 10-year-old boy that died was fucking such a more kids died of the flu than died of COVID when they posted that story on the local news. Right. Peace. And I, and I'm a guy who's double vaccinated now. Trust me, I've had COVID. I believe in science that has nothing to do with the fact that the government did not provide the people with the facts 
and let us make our own decisions. That's a, that's the truth of it. Right. Well, you know, and that was the line Trump was running is that, you know, I'm not going to hyper react to this. I'm going to let people make their own decisions. And he was crucified for that, saying he should have shut things down sooner, harder, faster. And I know people because of the politicization of this whole thing who say the reason I won't do it is because it's called a vaccination and it's not. A vaccine keeps you from getting something and it doesn't. And I went, really? That's what it comes down to. Linguistics, it comes down. <laughs> yeah, and I'll bet you the people who told you that are like the Huntington Beach City Council guy and all those types of people. Those no. people don't know what the word linguistics means. <laughs> the people who said they don't like that it's called a vaccine. That's language. That's the use of language, which is the study of linguistics. They don't yeah, even so, know what linguistics means. So it's, so it comes down to syntax and semantics are the reason <laughs> that they're not going to go with this thing. And I'm like, you know what, man? We are doomed. We just absolutely are doomed oh, if that's doomed. your talking point. Well, but, I, I don't know if we're doomed. If you're hardworking and you kind of, you know, have your wits about you, I think you can just fucking seize the day in this country because there's so many dumb people. I wish like I would have made masks, man. <laughs> <laughs> How about, I I <clears throat> How about hand oh, sanitizer? How about hand sanitizer? That was that was a killing, and the, the inflation that's happening now because of it, and the job market because of what's happening because of it. You know, and just everything else. You're right, man. This is a freaking modern day disaster, and people aren't backing up on it. And it's Here's just a funny I, thing. I, I'm people over don't, it. People don't know what to look for, and I'll, I'll show you the example. And I was trying to explain to Elvis; he kind of gets it, but he, you know, I, I need to wait a couple more years till Elvis can really see things. So Sydney fell, all excited, going into the Kung Fu Panda ride at Universal. Pretty fucking hard. Blood was gushing out of her knee. Right? I yelled to these two girls that were letting people in. That was about thirty feet away. Hey, can you get me? Um, a towel or a napkin or something, right? Because I'm sitting there, I got nothing. I'm not a prepared dad, Chuck. I go with my cell phone and my money and my wallet. I'm not a carry diapers in my a diaper bag guy. You don't have a first I'm aid kit on your belt? I, am, I don't have bar. <laughs> I just I just go and we'll figure it out. Well, this was one of those situations where if Chrissy was there, she would have had all this stuff in her bag and figured it out, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything, <laughs> right? And I put the backside of my hand because I didn't want the blood on my hand, actually. I'm just going to put the oh, backside. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I didn't want the blood on my hands. I just uh, want yeah, yeah. What do you call that part of your hand? I, I just, I just that's, put the... That's <laughs> the back of your hand. That's exactly what that is. I put the back of my hand on the blood. And there I'm you yelling go. to these two girls. They don't walk over. They get on their walkie. They, I can see them talking into their earpiece. Then this other doofus comes. <laughs> I'm down on the ground with Sydney. Blood's coming out of her knee. I got my back of my hand pushed up against it. I said, hey, 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 can you get me a paper towel, a wet paper towel or something? And he goes, here's what he said, this clumsy fucking moron. And he was oh. obviously a supervisor. He said, are you asking for assistance? <laughs> really uh, like that all uh, stumble bumbly like are you asking for assistance and i said 
And Elvis is just standing there like, oh, dude, you're in so much trouble right now. <laughs> I, said, I said, is asking for a wet paper towel assistance? He became very confused at this question, Chuck. Oh, you Almost. asked a question back instead of yes or no. <laughs> yes. That wasn't in the guide. The question that comes back, it was, yes, then do this. No, do this. And the whole time, is, and now I'm three, four minutes in. I've been holding my hand against her bleeding knee. And uh, then another guy walked behind, and they all stand very far away. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to, I guess they've been trained to not make legal problems for Universal Studios, right? So I noticed they don't walk right up to you. They stand about three feet away. They ask okay. you if you're asking for assistance. Hmm. And so I said, I just need a wet paper towel or something to put this on. Blood, she's bleeding. The guy says, are you asking for assistance? A second time, more, more like insistent, but just as confusing and stumble bumbly. Well, because you, and I said, I, I don't didn't know understand. I, I, well, I said, I don't know what you're saying. I need a paper towel with water <laughs> or something Are to put on her knee. You asking <laughs> for <laughs> so, so, so then I pull my hand away and it stopped bleeding. My hand now is covered in blood, Chuck. I don't like that at all. Oh, I said, can I get something to wipe the blood off of my hand? The guy says, wait, wait for no, it. Wait no, he for didn't. It. No, he didn't. He says, are you asking for assistance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was like, I don't even know what you're saying, dude. <laughs> I don't <laughs> okay. It was, it, it was so crazy. <laughs> it was just, I felt like I was I was speaking a different language. <laughs> I was in a different culture. <laughs> and I realized it's the culture of stupidity. That's what culture I was in. The culture where no common sense lives, where everything <laughs> is a, a catastrophization of legal problems. And everything is written by lawyers in New York. It's a little <laughs> kid fell down. Get a fucking wet paper towel, you idiot! <laughs> well, he he wasn't he wasn't so, to assess so until you so, asked for assistance. So, you know, I wonder what you what would have happened know, and who would have showed I know up. What would have happened? I think a guy with a gurney. I think a guy with a I gurney some, would have come. Something, something bad would have happened. You know that. Oh my god. The fucking idiocracy of it all. So I said, Sydney, can you stand up? And she stood up and it was a little bleeding, but it wasn't bad like it was. And so then we just started to walk out. I walked past the two girls. I said, thank you so much for your help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They just looked confused. I was dealing with three people. I don't know if the fourth guy that stood behind the do you need assistance guy. He might have been the smart guy. But he didn't say a word, right? But no, I, I dealt with three complete morons who don't know what to do when a little girl just girl just falls down and cuts her knee. They don't know what to do. Nobody, nobody said, I think he's asking for a wet paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> you should have asked for an interpreter. Say, yeah, obviously, well, we, we have a language barrier here. Is there an interpreter available? <laughs> so... So then I just want you to know the inside things of my marriage and my life. So I come home and I uh, didn't mention it. 
we mentioned the the all the cops are going to somewhere, and I was on the KTLA news app trying to figure out where they were going, which turned out that Armani shooting. About we got home about four thirty five o'clock. About seven, Chrissy comes into the living room where I'm mesmerized by an episode, an intense episode of, of Perry Mason. She says. Did Sydney fall down at Universal Studios? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was nothing. She goes, her fucking knee is all fucked up. What did you, did you put anything on it? And I was like, no, it like cleared up on its own. <laughs> <laughs> no. I put, I packed oh. some mud on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there were no dirt on paper it, towels yes, around. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, she, and then she gave me a lecture. She said, Bob, this is why I bring wipes and Bennett, uh, whatever that, that, that ointment. She, she always brings that stuff that you put on tattoos when you get a tattoo. What's that stuff? That yellowish? Oh, oh the, the stuff you don't do anymore? Yeah, the bacitracin or neosporin. What is it yeah. called? It's neosporin. Called neosporin, yeah. bacitracin. Yeah. yeah. She always has a thing of that with her. And she said, you know, that's why I carry that. So that when she falls, you have a wipe and then you can put Neosporin on it. You could put a bandaid on it. I said, yeah, but you have to walk around with that bag all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, how often does this happen? Like, she says, often. We have three <laughs> kids. Often it happens. Often. I was like, not often enough for me to carry a bag. <laughs> Dude, that's that's why I love how you, how you attempted to shoot the blame, though, no, Bob. That was pretty good. <laughs> Had she been there, you know, maybe if you got off your ass and went there with him every once in a while, we wouldn't be in this. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. You know what you got to do, Bob? Oh, you do like no, I- that's even no wait. I got to address that. It's even more juvenile than that. I just is kind of a bummer to, to take places because he's a fucking baby, Chuck. He uh, fucking cries. Baby. Yes. He cries when wind blows on him. He has a nap. You got to oh, take all this God, shit with Bob. him. So he's until he gets to be two, he ain't going nowhere with me. Hmm. Got it. All right. Can I give you a bit of advice, Bob? <laughs> Can I give you a bit of advice? Fatherly well, experience. Okay. Okay. So kids have backpacks, right? Oh, right. Wear, do your kids yeah. have backpacks? You Sydney make them carry their own shit. You make them carry their oh own. Oh my shit. God, Mike Mart wow. has a solution. You put the I like shit that. in their bag. Is that the, is that the, called the lazy man solution to good I parenting? I always did. I said, hey, you get hurt, you're carrying, you got stuff in your bag, put it on your whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got stuff in your bag, put it on your whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, because she puts dumb stuff like toys and shit in there. You don't yeah, need toys. That we crap. Need, put a yeah, we need band-aids, band-aids, Benadry- uh, what is it, Neosporin. We need band-aids, Neosporin, wipes. And guess what happens, Bob? They start going, Dad, did you put my did you put my band-aids in? Did you put my wipes in my bag? Did you is everything in my backpack? Oh my god. And that teaches them autonomy. Mike Mart, where did you learn that from? Hello. You That's didn't genius. invent it, did you? Uh, well, you know, I'm a problem solver, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I God, used to I not feel, be, but now I am. <laughs> I feel so dumb right now. Why didn't I think of that? Yes. I always say, well, here's the thing. She always wants to bring her backpack, and I say, you don't need your backpack. You don't need toys. She puts stuffed animals in there and toys and, like, shit. You never open it. Like, you know. You know, you, you, know teach them how to survive. you teach them how to survive out in the real Gen- world with the shit in their backpack. 
okay, I got to do that. Wow, I'm going to go pack it up now. She's got a BTS backpack. She's got to go everywhere. With yeah, it. and Chrissy can even make those little plastic clear bags with a little first aid kit, stuff they might need if they, you know, if they fall. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then they got, you know, then mom's involved and everything's cool. And a Perfect. suture kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the advanced. Yeah. You know, I think kids, I think kids, she banged her head today too. They're playing basketball. Kids are so resilient. Like if I were to hit my head as hard as Sydney did playing basketball day, I wouldn't be able to do the podcast. I'd be like, and I'd be telling everybody, oh man, I hit my head so hard. I think I have a concussion. I, I might have to go to urgent care. She just like, I kissed it. We put a red, uh, ice pack on it, and she was back out riding her bike like in two minutes, three minutes. There's it. There it is. You just you can't kiss your own head. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the dad kiss. So, anyways, I just uh, you know hope for America. I think that anybody. I'm assuming that fourth guy was smart. That's one out of four people has to be smart, don't you think? Was he recording it? I hope. I think he was. It seemed like he was, yeah, no, maybe it was he was watching the guy who was asking me if I needed assistance. He might have been training that guy when I come to think of it. Huh. Yeah, he didn't say I anything. hope he failed. He just observed. Yeah, I hope he got a, you know, he got a little direction. Do you need assistance? <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask you again. This time, answer yes or no. That's a yes or no uh, question. No telling, <laughs> hey, really, no telling what would have happened if you said yes. No telling. An ambulance. They might have said an ambulance. Yep. yep. We were over... What? We were over playing the Minions games by that. By the time an ambulance would have gotten there. You know, maybe just, one of the people listening knows what what the answer to that is but we don't because yeah. we don't work in that industry what do you need assistance i think i do i think it, i bet you it's in a training at, at wavelengths i bet you it's a training at hour what I, do you no, do if somebody uh, falls you probably i bet you i call a nurse training you hit the nail on the head. It's probably some legal shit that they have to sign and say, look, this is all you're supposed to do. And they've probably been sued so many fucking times from people who yeah. hand them a paper towel and they say, it was because you handed me this paper towel and blah, blah, blah. You know, who knows? Yeah. But yeah no. I'll bet you anything. Yeah. You, you know, we're, we're, right? we're totally bound by legal buffoonery. Oh, well, that's because there's too many lawyers. Yeah. Well, too, too many lawyers, uh, too many no, laws. It doesn't lie, uh, lie in the lawyers. Did lawyers I tell you, wait, mean, wait, I told you that. Okay, so I was turning into this traffic circle, right? And I, uh, this guy, I saw him go and I turned left to look to see if anybody was coming in there and I went ahead and I bumped him, right? I bumped into his car. He had like a brand new fucking car, this kid, this rich kid. So we pull over and he gets out and he's like holding his back and nothing, there's no damage. He hasn't seen the back of his car yet or anything that there's no, that there's zero damage. It's just a bump, two rubber bumpers hitting each other. And he's holding his back like this. And I go, oh, you might as well knock that shit off right now, buddy. There's no damage here and you're not getting a fucking cent from me. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you shame him back that's into how, his car? I shamed him. Gets out of his car. I just said, you, you gotta be. Oh, hey, hey, me. hey. I just, you gotta be fucking joking me, man. Like, I, I was like, you know, you can see there's no damage here. Take my license if you want, report it. But you know what? Your fucking insurance is gonna go up. I'll see you later. Have a great day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll end the podcast with that. 
listen, you're not getting a shit from me. Fuck you. I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, bye right. bye. Good night. Yeah. Good night. I'm not participating in buf- legal buffoonery. <laughs> okay, Ta-da. I'm not participating in any more podcast buffoonery. Let's let's call it a show. Let's call it a night. Let's say good night. Good night, Wiley. Good night, Smitty. <laughs> good night. Good night, uh, uh, Chris. Hey, all of our good don't night. die group too. Uh, you know, we and, have a, new, a sober person, Shauna. She's like, she, she's struggling. She's got, she's got ten days or something like that. Me and Chuck. Good are night, Shauna. Good yeah, night, great. John and, Boy. And Andrew. Good. Andrew's a guy that that he. He, he wrote "Don't me. Die." He wrote "Don't yeah. Die." No, he the, goes. He goes. Jack hey. Tripper, the guy who wants two-hour podcasts, and he's, I'm not, I'm not uh. even going to respond to that. <laughs> no one wants you fucking that. Fucking kidding me, man. No one wants that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, right, so well, the, the, the guy. Andrew but we goes, love you guys all. We hey. love all you guys out oh, there listening. Oh, good night to the Milwaukee play. Don't Die Brigade. Good yeah. night. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Blue Field Ball. Good night, everybody. And don't die. Don't die. Ah.